Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. This is going to be a fun one. If this is your first time here to Modern Day Debate, I am your host, James Coons, and at this channel, we are a nonpartisan platform where we strive to give everyone their fair shot to make their case on an equal playing field. And that's on topics including science, religion, and politics. So if you love juicy debates, if you're sick like us, consider hitting that subscribe button for reminders of future debates. And very excited, today's gonna be a really fun one. We have two veteran, experienced debaters. They've been through a lot of debates and on a lot of interesting, juicy topics. So this is gonna be a really fun one. And I wanna let you know a couple of things. First, I have linked them in the description. So that way, if you are watching and you're like, hmm, I like that, I wanna hear more. You can hear more by clicking on those links in the description. So. Also, by the way, this is a great time. We're gonna do introductions right now and then I'll get into the format before we get started. So first, I do wanna ask, Jeff, we're excited to have you back. Just had you here the other day with Nathan Thompson. If you'd love to share just kind of an introduction of yourself as well as what people could expect to find at your link, we're thrilled to have you back and the floor is all yours. Well, thank you. You threw me off a little bit because it sounded like you were saying that Mark and I were master debaters. So push me back just a, a bit. But I'm Jeffrey Darty, the Christian whistleblower. Um, that's the name of my channel. I come to you from the heartland of America. And currently I'm coming in the spirit of 1776 and with a rebel yell because we feel like we've been pushed too far and our liberty is at stake. And we're saying not one more inch. Generally at my channel, we talk about uh, my experience. I spent 20 years as a licensed minister. I have a Bible college degree. I have over 100,000 hours of study in the biblical scriptures. And I spend most of my time shining the light into the dark corners of orthodoxy. And we're doing a little bit of expansion on other topics like this. And it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be with you, James, an honor to be with you, Mark. And we're looking forward to a, a great and spirited dialectic discourse. And James, I salute you for having this platform because it's certainly a dying art and we're glad that you're doing this. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that, Jeff. And thanks, Mark, as well for being back. If you want to introduce yourselves and share what people can find, I have linked the Cat Retreat channel in the description. I'm not sure if you're, so basically, if you'd love to share about yourself, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks a lot, James. I'm glad to be back. It's been a really busy summer. Right now I'm coming to you from uh, Bancroft, Ontario which is about uh, probably two hours north uh, east of Toronto, maybe three hours. So we're up north pretty good. Tonight it's going to get down to four degrees Celsius. What's that? Maybe 38, 39 degrees Fahrenheit. So we're already starting to head into winter. Uh, kitty cats are starting to put their fur on. That's for sure. The lion's uh, manes are coming in nice and thick, getting ready for winter. And uh, I think my opponent there was saying down uh, where he's living right now, I think he said Arkansas. Um, he's talking uh, 90 degrees. Yeah, we're not hitting anywhere near that, but we're getting ready to, to wind down here and uh, start heading into winter. So my point up here is going to be um we went to the moon and i don't know why 
um, we wouldn't have gone to the moon. So, you know, it's just, I'm going to be really interested to hear this. Haven't really put a whole lot of thought into this as far as, uh, you know, a reason that we hadn't gone to the moon, but I'd like to hear his side of it and then uh, see if I can add anything to as far as what I know from up here, because uh, we had a, a, a Canadian program. It was called the Avro Arrow. And uh, that was a supersonic airplane that was uh, designed and built back in the 50s. And uh, a lot of the people from up here at Avro, which is in Toronto, um, went down to work on the, uh, the space uh, program. So actually do have a little bit of uh, knowledge on this space program. And uh, uh, we had family members that worked at Avro. And this is Ava, my, li my new little, we had two baby cubs. Super baby cute. cubs this summer. So she's an eight, eight week old flying cub. And then that's my wife, Tammy. No, no, no <laughs> so I look forward to tonight. Let's hear all about it. Absolutely. So thanks. Well, I so have much. a cat, but it's not anything like that cat. That's a cat. <laughs> really cute. And we uh, basically, what we'll do is we are going to, by the way, Tammy, good to see you. I hope you're doing well. I saw you there. Can you hear yeah, me? Thank okay. you. Awesome. And so what we'll do is I'll break down the format and then we'll jump right into this, folks. So format is pretty easy going. It's like a flexible 10 to 12 minutes. And oftentimes debaters use less than that. It's up to them. Then we'll have open discussion for about 50, 60 minutes, followed by Q&A. So if you have a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. And if you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, it makes it easier for me to get every question. And then a friendly reminder first, thanks so much, mods, for all that you do. Honestly, you guys are tremendous. We appreciate you so much. The only rules that we really have in the chat is just no hate speech. And there's no warnings. You just get banned. That's as far as it goes. Also, if you are being abusive, if you're going, you're just kind of like, oh, geez, you're a little bit, little bit too, what's the word I'm looking for? We'll just uh, say you're being a little bit too unkind to people in the chat. We will give you a warning because we do, it's like, yeah, we get it, people will debate, but we do want it to be respectful still. So with that, going to hand it over to Jeff. Thrilled to have you here, Jeff, and the floor is all yours for that opening statement. Again, my pleasure to be here. And if I can share my screen, definitely, I will share what I've got here for you. And are we seeing it? Yes. What yeah. do you see? We can see it looks like a slide on the French film Journey to the Moon. Okay, perfect, perfect. I just wasn't wasn't sure what was saying. But like Mark, you know, I've always been pretty much an, and of course we went to the moon kind of guy. But about a year ago, I started studying in, in great detail. I do some uh, stand-up comedy, and I got locked in a room with Eddie Bravo for three hours. That kind of helped push me along the way. But as I started studying, I noticed that the, the, I was struck by the coincidences between the NASA narrative, as I'll call it, and the narrative in a 1902 French film called Journey to the Moon, from a guy named uh, Georges Méliès, and I'm not a Frenchman, so. But it was amazing for me as I looked at it. It looked like the NASA trip unfolded almost exactly like that of Méliès. It was flag-waving celebrations, a rocket launch to dramatic lunar approach shots, touchdown on the lunar surface, dramatic first steps on the moon, Earthrise shots, lunar liftoffs, splashdown on Earth, ticker tape parade, marching bands and flags. It's 
I wonder if they're following the same script. And one thing that struck me, and I'll say it right now, I am a guy that is an investigative journalist. So I look for interesting little nuances. And I noticed that the name Malise, if you put a little space in there, it is me lies. So I just wonder a little bit if our friends at NASA might have done that. And as I also looked, I realized that you're not a total weirdo if you believe that we didn't go to the earth. The last poll done by Gallup was in 1999. And at that point, 20% of Americans admitted that they believed that we didn't go to the earth. And another 5% said they were undecided. If we took that poll in 2020, I think the numbers would be bumped up a little bit more. So if you see something tonight that makes sense to you on my side, don't feel like you're the Lone Ranger. Because up until the point that NASA claims to have sent men to the moon, the USA had never even put a man into full Earth orbit at, at that time. How we got to the moon in just nine years is a mystery to me. Or did they go to the moon? Evidence suggests that NASA realized by 1967 that it was impossible to get to the moon and decided their only option was to simulate it instead. And this could be convincingly accomplished by using all of the systems that they already had in place at that time. And this would allow for the simulation of a lunar mission from beginning to end. That was impossible for the public to detect from home. Whether you believe it did happen or it didn't, the possibility is certainly there that it could have. And this isn't just the United States issue, because in April 12, 1961, the famous Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin, he became the first human in space. And JFK asked how we could beat the Russians. Lyndon Johnson, then the vice president, went to James Webb, who headed NASA at the time, and asked, how can we beat the Russians? And Webb responded that if we could get a man to the moon, it would be a huge propaganda victory. So Kennedy, of course, asked for the money, made the famous proclamation to send a man to the moon and return him home safely again. And again, I'm a, I do look for little strange oddities. Here's a newsreel of JFK asking Congress for the funds. Over here, it's described by Joe King. I blew it up a little bit. It's a, it's a fuzzy picture. But again, did they really go to the moon or are they just Joe King? These are the things that keep me awake at night. And as late as September 1963, of course, President Kennedy was assassinated just a couple of months later. President Kennedy is on record as saying that putting a man on the moon stunt is not worth the billions as late as 1963. So JFK made one last attempt to appeal to the Soviets for a joint moon mission. Uh, Khrushchev flatly rejected it, saying that the USSR was unwilling to rush and act unsafely and, of course, suggesting that the Americans were. Kennedy asked Webb, forget about going now. If I get reelected, can we go before the end of my second term? The director of NASA told the president of the United States, no, sir, we can't do it. So Kennedy decided, did Kennedy decide I'm asking to call it all off? And another question might be, does it have anything to do with his assassinations? But behind the scene, the Russians kept trying, the Soviets kept trying. Uh, it all came to a halt, though, when uh, uh, Sergei Korolev died during routine surgery. He's the father of the Russian space program, and it came to a screeching halt with his death. So you've got the deaths of Kovalev, the deaths of Kennedy, and it led to tragedies in both space agencies. In the Russian agency, they had four of their rocket counterparts of the Saturn V explode during testing. 
NASA was losing a lot of money to the Vietnam War. NASA was severely over budget and they haven't even left the ground. Several system failures and explosions had occurred. In 1967, NASA along, NASA had said, I don't know if we can go. And then of course, that was on the heels of the great tragedy of Apollo 1 with White, Grissom and Chaffee. And Grissom had been a severe critic of NASA, even though he was slated to go on the first mission. He famously said when they're sitting on the tarmac, they couldn't even uh, talk between two buildings. He said, how the hell are we going to get to the moon when we can't even have a phone call between two buildings? Literally minutes later, all three men were incinerated in a tragic accident right there on the pad in preparation. Because of that, the Apollo program was immediately suspended. They had to rebuild the command module from the ground up, which had taken them nine years. In March of 67, Webb, again, NASA director, director said, we'd have to be very lucky to get there by 69. In less than three months, think of that, less than three months before the moon mission, James Webb, director of NASA quit. Right after his deputy director quit, and Wally Shira, original Mercury 7 astronaut, he also quit. I have to ask the question, why? And Chris Kraft, head of NASA Mission Control, said that after the tragic fire that took the lives of the gallant astronauts, that they would have quit if they hadn't already made the commitment. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, or ladies and gentlemen, my question is, did they decide to fake it? NASA had everything they needed to fake it. They were being pushed to, to fake it. The, the decade of pressure was immense. The buildup, Disney had already created Tomorrowland. In the public mind, it was a done deal. NASA, NASA had everything it needed to fake the moon mission. The simulators were so good that it'd be impossible for the public to tell the difference. And along comes a guy named Bill Casing. I apologize, these are pulled from a video I did about a year ago. He's the father of the moon hoax theory, so-called. He says, the reason I think NASA faked the moon mission is because it was technologically impossible for them to go and he's not just some hayseed. He was in world, the World War. He was in Navy officer training school. He was a technical writer at Rocketdyne Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He became a service analyst there, a service engineer, a publications analyst, and the head of technical pub publication for that organization. And he wrote a book called We Never Went to the Moon. And he asserted that during his tenure at Rocketdyne, he was privy to documents about the Mercury, the Gemini, the Atlas, and even the Apollo programs, and that they did not need an engineering or a science degree to determine that a hoax was being perpetrated. Rocketdyne scientists with whom he worked expressed to him that there was enough technology to maybe get us to the moon, but no way to get us home. He spoke of the very real problem of traveling through the atmospheric radiation without harm to the astronauts. And even before July 1969, he had a hunch an intuition, what he called a true conviction, and decided that he didn't believe that anyone was going to the moon. He said, you don't send a man where you ain't sent a monkey. And researchers continually point to the Van Allen belts as a reason why NASA couldn't go and still can't. Uh, the current NASA Orion project admits this plainly and openly. And NASA's now made available all the photos and videos from the moon missions. And all the statements that I make in my presentation tonight will be based on these official uh, NASA documents and not on anything other. And James, if I could just share one more quick thing, I'm going to conclude my opening presentation with this. And just tell me what you see when you see it. Oh, let me, let me redo that. 
because I forgot to press a very important button. Okay. Do we see that rocket right now? Yep. Okay, this is just a, a quick minute. I'm concluding with this. I want you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cousins of all ages, I want you to be looking right here in this section of this gigantic rocket flying through space itself at Mach 4, Mach 5. What's a couple Machs between friends? But it's going really, really fast, Mach 4, Mach 5. And watch, this is where the disclosure comes in, ladies and gentlemen. Watch right there for the disclosure. Are you ready? Here we go. Look at that. Watch. Here it goes. Look. Look. Watch again. Look. Look. Holy crap. Did you see it? I got to show you again. Watch. Oh, we want to see more. Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to present for you proudly that I'm here to announce the formation of a brand new GMO super space mouse. It's a GMO super space mouse. OMG, look at this. And with that, we'll, I'll conclude my introductory remarks. A little bit of levity. Really interesting. And thanks so much. Appreciate that, Jeff. We will kick it over to Mark for his opening statement as well. The floor is all yours. Okay, so I'm on a phone here, and I, I couldn't see. What were we looking at there? What was it that he was showing on the, uh, the engine? It, it must have been really small. I just I couldn't see it. Well, Mark, what it was, and I, I have a buddy who's actually a, a, a producer of television and national. He's had several uh, uh, shows on TV. And for all the world, it looks like that was the joint SpaceX uh, NASA recent mission. And it looks like, number one, it looks like it's in front of a green screen. But number two, if that wasn't a mouse crawling on that spaceship going at Mach 4, Mach 5, then I don't know what it was. That's what I was showing, that it sure looked like there was a mouse there. And, of course, that would indicate that NASA might be in the trickery business. Okay, so can I ask you this? If that was a mouse, and, yes, I do, I do admit it's ridiculous to have a mouse on a rocket, where are you supposing that rocket is at the time that that mouse came out from wherever it was? Where are you thinking they were? Still in Earth's atmosphere or outside of Earth's atmosphere? Well, that's an interesting question, Mark, because if you can see this wall behind me that has the flags that probably have people up in arms, but it's green. And the reason it's green is because I used it for a green screen. But I'm right. having trouble with my getting my lighting and my camera right. So it looks like a green screen. I don't have that black line right. around me. And that black line is exactly what you saw around that rocket. And if you ask me, where was that rocket? It's on a it's on a set somewhere in front of a green screen. And that's how the mouse was there and crawled out on the rocket. And that's actually the second time that it's happened on a live NASA feed in the past five years. They've had a mouse climb out onto the rocket, you're saying? That's what I'm saying, yes, sir. 
Okay, well, if there was a mouse, and this is absolutely ridiculous, and I couldn't see it, I'm going to have to rewatch this on a computer to see what it was that you're showing there. If it was in, uh, obviously, out in outer space, uh, as far as out of Earth's atmosphere, the thing should be dead right away. Um, now, it wouldn't go blowing off the rocket or anything. It would be actually dead, obviously, just from nothing to breathe, and it, it it's out in, in uh, uh, you know, a few degrees above uh, absolute zero. So yes, we have some big problems with mice um, being, being on a rocket, I will admit that. It's where no um, mouse has gone before, to start Mark. with that as being one of your, I guess it is. Yes, that's that's very compelling seeing a mouse on a, a rocket, but I'm gonna go back and take a look at that. I honestly couldn't see it on my phone at all. Um, I wasn't sure exactly what I was looking at there. I thought I seen something move um, that looked a little bit too big to be a mouse. My, my, you know, just looking at it on my phone. But okay, we will leave that where it is. But that's not. We're not claiming that was the rocket that went to the moon, right? That's a no, sir. We're mission. not. I think you said something that it was uh, with SpaceX. So you're still thinking we're not sending rockets to space? Is that kind of your your take on this? Well, you know, that's kind of outside the purvey of, of this debate. I'm Well, it is, but you're claiming that that was even a hoax, that that rocket going into outer space was, was a hoax as well. So what I'm trying to do is kind of just frame here your, you know, your skepticism towards anything that man can do. So, you know, if you're saying that is as well a fake mission, I guess my, my, uh, my question to you would be, how are we getting all these satellites out into um out into earth's orbit you know past uh past the point of uh you know what we we consider our atmosphere how are we doing that if if this is continuing to be a conspiracy and uh you know it, it's just not even possible for us to uh to do this yeah, it's a great question mark and we could have another great debate on whether we are or are not putting satellites into space when i look at footage of Saturn V rockets and the space shuttle actually bouncing on the liftoff pad. When I look at footage of rockets exploding and it looks like they're Mylar balloons. When I look at a mouse in space bravely going where no mouse has ever gone before, I am very skeptical about the fact that any of these rockets have been sent into space, whether there's any satellites in space. Now, I lived in Florida. I've been to NASA. I know that they have big rockets that they roll out that are real, that are metal. But I'll tell you what, Mark, it only takes a couple mice in space for me to become one skeptical individual and ask about the whole thing. And of course, we'll talk about many other reasons tonight where I'm very, very dubious about the NASA mission to the moon. And if they faked it once, they faked it twice. I've been married three times, and I know that once a person cheats, they're always a cheater. And we know, in my mind at least, that NASA's cheated one time. So they're dubious, in my view, uh, going forward. Well, you seem to be very skeptical of, of anything that scientists and uh, what we would consider our brightest of human beings, what they're capable of doing. But you're willing to take this bill, um, I'm sorry, I forget his name, you, I, I, Casing, I think is his name, um, his word for everything um, because of his posi position at Rocketdyne. And, and I am familiar with him. I've watched all of his conspiracy shows as well. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, my answer to that would be that, you know, people um, with conspiracy minds can get to very high positions um, of authority. All you got to do to figure that out is look at your president currently. Um, you know, if you want to talk about a man that it, that is just gone over the edge with conspiracies, it would be President Trump. So clearly, you don't have to, um, um, you know, not have a conspiracy mind to to reach a very high um, position. He is what would be considered the highest position, pretty much in the world. I think they call him the most powerful right. man, and uh, you know, he's out there pushing these conspiracies nonstop with absolutely no basis towards them. So, you know, just because we got one guy who doesn't think that it's possible um, that held a position at Rocketdyne, okay, you know, we'll take him for for what he is. I don't know if he's an engineer. I don't know if he uh, if he cleaned up the broom closet. I I really don't know, and I don't know if anyone really did say what his position at that company was. Um, you know, I'm going back a few years here. I haven't looked into. He was the head of technical writing for Rocketdyne, and that's confirmed. So yes. he would he would basically write up the uh, you know their programs, but, but yeah, all the manuals that tell him how to do what they do, right, he would right, write right, and edit those. And, he, he and I won't go get my MAGA hat, Mark. I'll spare you that. Yeah, please do, please <laughs> do. Um, so and and again, and I won't say Trump 2020 at all. I won't. No, please don't. Um, so, so, you know, you talked about the Van, Al uh, Van Allen uh, radiation belt. Um, I've read a little bit on that. I've watched some shows on it, too. And a lot of people, okay, yes, they say that it's a lot of radiation. But for the amount of time that it takes us to go through it, um, there's also a lot of people that say that it just, it, it isn't a problem. Um, this isn't something that I specialize in. I, mm -hmm. I kind of have to take their word for it, that it wouldn't be a problem to go through it at the speed that they go through it and the, and the short amount of time that they go through it. But one thing I can say for sure, the biggest hole that I see in your opinion that we are not sending things out into space is we are launching a hell of a pile of rockets from a, a launch pad in Florida and also in Europe, and they're doing them in China, it pretty much worldwide. I think even Japan sent one up recently. Absolutely. What are we doing it for? Just to entertain people? Is this like a a uh, fireworks show? Because this is this is billions upon billions of dollars um, sending these rockets up. And if it's not for any other reason to continue on to make people think that we did go to the moon. I'm not sure where, you know, a reasonable man would, would consider this as being something that, uh, that we, we as human beings would be willing to do. Um, you know, if this was a, a false uh, uh, project to the moon, um, most of these people are dead now. You would think that we would just come along and say, yeah, we didn't do it. Sorry, you know, we faked the whole thing. And we don't- well, Aldrin did tell a little girl the other, a few uh, months or years ago that we didn't go. No, I a hot mic. that's not true. That's not. He said, he no, said. we didn't go, sweetheart. He was picked no. up on a hot mic. No, that's not what he said. We'll have to play that back. I can't remember exactly what he okay. said, but it keeps taken a couple ways. But at any rate, they've all said to their deathbeds that, that, that we did go. Um, and as far as Grissom goes, yes, that was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. Awful. But do you really think that he would be talking about that we're not even able to talk from tower to tower 
would he not be in on the conspiracy or do you think at that point those people really thought they were going and then they had to pull in um the people that finally went because they were the only ones that would agree to to uh this hoax and and remembering that that these people that went to space the first time um were incredible pilots these were these were people that that went out and tested all the aircraft back in the day like we made all that uh that progress in what 15 20 years we went from slow biplanes to we had the jets we had supersonic jets like we were really making progress back in the uh the uh 40s to 50s that that was some real and then when we got into the 60s that was incredible the stuff that we started to pull off so you know that that would be my question to you would be you know did they start out thinking they were going to go and they had uh you know they they had this crew set up and then they decided they weren't going to go and so they burnt them and then brought in the other guys to to kind of act it out or you know what's your thoughts on that you asked me a, a lot of questions there. let me just address it that's all right and you know i really appreciate the the gentlemanly and scholarly rapport that we have and you know, i appreciate that there's not any name calling in ad hominem so you know salute to you for that now, you brought up the van allen ra radiation belts and i've done quite a bit of study on them as well and the thing th that really gets me about the van allen radio radiation belts is pre-1968 they were considered very, very dangerous as, as far as a NASA documentation of their own. And then all of a sudden between 68 and 72, the Van Allen belts weren't such a big deal, it's okay. And then now Orion again says that we can't send people to the moon or into space until we solve the Van Allen radiation belt mystery. They had it solved from 68 to 72 apparently and now all of a sudden it's 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 apparently unsolved again why would we be sending up all types of these rockets and why would we be spending all of these billions well the conspiratorial among us mark would say that it is all a show to get people distracted to keep people distracted some would say it is to uh distract from our uh, the, a christian or a, a more spiritual person would say that we're a very unique and special race in this type of uh talk of space uh uh, kind of pulls us down from a, a secret uh, from a high place but there's billions of dollars you're right billions of dollars are being poured into this and they're really just making balloons if they're really not going to the moon if they're really not putting satellites up into space where are those billions of dollars going and down here in the states we talk a lot about the deep state we talk a lot about black budgets and it's a splendid way to hide lots and lots and lots of money when you're not really doing what you say you're doing. And Mark, I'm not in Missouri, I'm in Kansas, but Missouri's right next door. And that's the show me state. And a little bit of that bleeds over. And that's all I ask is that when somebody is gonna do something or says they've done something, I want them to show me that they've done it. And if I've forgotten any of the questions that you asked, I'll be glad to address it. Those are the only ones I could remember you asking. Yeah, well, that's the problem. We'll we'll try to keep our talk back and forth a little bit on the shorter side because I, okay. I do get that and I'm sorry for that. But, um, you know, it's easy to see where the billions of dollars are going. If you're saying that all they're doing is sending up something that's made out of basically tinfoil, a, a weather balloon, they're putting a hell of Mark, a have you been to the Smithsonian and looked at that limb that they say was one of the ones? Have you looked at it? No, no, I haven't. Oh, but my gosh. Well, you got to look at that thing. They couldn't get it out of the Smithsonian without it falling apart. And they want us to believe it went to the moon. 
I'm sorry. Well, what would be the issue, though, with it going to the moon? It, it's got to be light. But let, let's just go back just a little okay. bit. The Van Halen okay. radiation belts are only a problem when we have to go through it. So when we want to go to the moon, we want to go to Mars, that's when we're going to have to go through it. Um, just to go up and put satellites up. To, to So do you think the space shuttles, were they going into space? Is the International Space Center up there? There's something up there. They tell us it's the size of a 747. And amazingly, I can see it with the naked eye fly by if the conditions are right but it's the size of a 747 i can't see a 747 supposedly in low earth orbit so yeah i'm skeptical well you're not really seeing it though right you're you're seeing the uh the light burst from it so you know as we know when something shines off of something that's cylindrical and not perfectly flat it 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 would it's light would burst out so it would look bigger that makes sense to me understanding what you're saying yes you mm -hmm. wouldn't see a 747 at that height but you would see the light burst off of it you you really would that's just a fact that that's just the way light works and i believe that's what we see going over us we can see it very clearly up here um you know you can put a little app on your phone and watch the thing go by and right. uh, yeah, you look up sure enough there it is yeah uh, speeding by the speed looks about right to me you know if you talk if they talk about the speed that it's going you work it out you know the arc that it's traveling that looks about right it all makes sense to me as far as that goes do but i Mark, know when you agree that you are seeing if if you believe you're seeing something up there you know okay i'll, I'll grant that you know you're seeing something but do you know for sure that you're seeing the manned ISS up there, or do you just know you're seeing something that's casting light? No, absolutely not. I don't want to do a. I don't want to do a, a, a spoiler here. But there's nothing that I can say tonight that can assure us that we went to the moon. I've never absolutely. been there to see it. The only thing I can tell you is I know that a lot of times schools at the uh, the university level, they will shine lights, laser lights up to the reflectors and have it reflect back. Um, I, I've never done it. I don't know anyone that's done it, but I have watched YouTube videos where they show that they do it. The return is exactly what we would expect. I think it's what, uh, three seconds to the moon um, delay. I'm glad I, I you said that. that. It, yeah, it's actually one, it'd be, okay. it'd be well, about like 2.6 round trip. Yeah, we are going to be bouncing all over the place here because we mm -hmm. just we just can't not do it because right. it what it's going to come down to, though, and I do agree with you that, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is not specific to the moon mission, but the whole space program, in my opinion, would have to be pretty much a hoax um, for any of it. The whole thing kind of has to fall apart because as soon as we went to the moon, within years we started putting all those thousands of satellites up there so we were getting good at doing something we were definitely getting good at getting outside of our atmosphere and getting things into earth's orbit we do see in your something opinion I, I i see where you're going with that yeah so so that's why i'm kind of going towards that stuff so you know a, a lot of of what we're going to say tonight is going to be more your opinion against my opinion does it make sense to um to fake it so to think about the reasons to fake it yeah we were in a we were in a horrendous race with uh with russia we had to show russia that we were at least on par um the states and russia thought at the time that space was going to be where wars were going to be won and lost right um, so i know that the states would want to show its strength 
But one thing that I am always really proud of, and that's man's accomplishments, what we have done as, as a society, and especially, you know, me being up here in Canada, you know, hats off to the States for the incredible things that you guys have done down there. And I hope you're proud to be an American for the things that you've done, because what we've done up here in Canada, the programs that we worked on, I had mentioned at the beginning to you before we came on air, that we had a program up here was the Avro Arrow which was um, considered to be a jet aircraft many, many years uh, beyond what anyone in the world was building at the time. And it got scrapped. We had a, uh, a government that didn't believe in, um, in interceptor aircraft. They thought the future was going to be missiles and they scrapped this project. Well, what that did is for about 15 years, I'm guessing 12 to 15 years, we brought in some of the best engineers um, worldwide. These people came in from Germany, they came in from Sweden, they came in from you name it. These were the best of the best up from the States. I know for a fact that where they went, a lot of them was down to Nassau um, to run the space program. So you're talking about some people that I know for sure accomplished some really impressive things up here in Canada. The first fly-by-wire, um, just incredible, incredible jet aircraft. Look it up. It was the Avro Arrow. And it's an, it's an incredibly touching story for us up here in Canada because we wish it had gone forward. I, I believe we made five or six of them one day, all scrapped. But what I'm getting at is these were some very serious engineers. These were people that were at the, the cusp of, of technology. Like I'm talking, the stuff we were doing up here was very impressive. Mm -hmm. I don't see them going down there and becoming part of a Hollywood crew to fake um, a mission to space. I just don't see how that would be kept under wraps that the, the, the spacecraft that they built was just basically a chunk of tin foil with some balloons attached to it I just don't. We see, agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't see how that would stand. You know, what are we going back here to, to 67? So what are we up to here? Uh, 50, 50 years, 50 odd years, 54, 55 years. That's a lot of secrets to be keeping. You think someone would have walked up to that thing and tapped it and said, what are we doing here? These things are prop. They're paper mache. What are we up to? Am I wrong? What am I missing? You're, uh, you know, again, you asked me several questions. I, I yeah. want to address them. You know, you talked about the reflectors sending back a laser from the moon. Do you, is it your opinion? We're, and we're going to get out of opinion. We'll get just, uh, just some factual information. Do, is it your belief that there has to be those reflectors up there to get a laser to bounce off the moon and return to earth again? Yeah. Yeah. The way it is designed, it is that they, they can, they can detect exactly how much of the laser strength comes back. So it is not just something that has refracted off of a rock. That's Would you sure. be surprised to know that uh, the Russians and MIT bounced lasers off the moon and back by 1962? And I'm pretty sure NASA had nothing to do with that. Yeah, we do it all the time. We do it to cars. They don't have to have reflectors on them. But when there's a reflector up there that's designed to return a certain amount of the laser energy that goes up, and they know what comes back. They know what they're reflecting it off of. And okay. it's not just being reflected off of a rock because you'd get a ton of scattering of the energy. Sure. Um, and did you know that the Russians have went and dropped off 
just those type of reflectors and unmanned mission? Well, that really is hard on your your opinion here that man hasn't made it to the moon because now we've gone up there just to drop off some reflectors. No, you, I, I, if they, 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 I'm saying that if there's a reflector up there, it would be possible in your train of thought for it to be put there by an unmanned probe. Oh, absolutely. So it doesn't yeah, well, necessarily well, have to be a manned probe. And by the way, can I share sorry. the screen again, James? Just yeah. to, we were talking about the distance to the moon. For sure. I wanted to just share this because it, I found this fascinating, and you're you're absolutely right. When we're do, do you see that the uh, yep. the Earth and the Moon? Yep. So this is dealing with communications between the Earth and the Moon, and at the technology during the NASA. One, uh, one sec. Pardon my interruption. I actually can't see the uh, screen share, but for me, I just still see the dialog boxes like the three. Oh, there it is. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah, it takes a little while sometimes. So. Communication in when the during the time of the Apollo mission, it took 1.3 seconds for for a communication to get to the moon, and then it took 1.3 seconds once received if it was immediately returned to get back to the Earth again. So the very very fastest that you could expect a communication to go 1.3 seconds, the astronaut get it, send it right back. The very fastest could be 2.6 seconds, and that's not opinion. That's just fact, and yet. In the NASA official archives, we have many, 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 I just pulled one, many, many instances of communications coming back way quicker than 2.6 seconds. And this one, and there's several of these, came back in less than one second. I agree with you, Mark. And like Ricky Ricardo used to say to Lucy, I say, NASA you got some splaining to do. So you're saying that we we have a talk back that's quicker than 2.6 seconds. And that makes sense. You got 186,000 miles per second. Yeah, we've got uh, ones, several that are less than one second. Yeah, it's averaging, what, 250,000 miles away? 240, um, I 250. I, yeah, I've, I haven't seen that before. It's not really a here you go moment, I guess I would have to say to you, you know, where did you get this and look in. That's from the, the, the official NASA. The top one is from spacecraft films, which NASA has um, farmed out, uh, contracted out to handle all of the NASA film. This is from the spacecraft films, original audio. This is from the NASA documents. And I would suggest that they have been documented plainly and again, I would suggest that this is just a, and again, it's not one gotcha. There might be a gotcha, but it's a, a evidence piling up, piling up, piling up. And this is one of those straws that eventually, in my mind, has broken the NASA camel's back. Yeah, and how many of those are there roughly, do you know? The ones that are less than 2.6 seconds, there's yeah. about 20 of those, and ones that are less than one second, there's five, six, seven of those. Okay, and how do they explain it? They don't. They just uh, count on us not to ask these questions. As to why it took uh, 2.6 seconds, yeah. Well, yep. if it's true, that that is a problem. Obviously, that that's an issue because you're right. There's a two-point, uh, you know, I always thought it of, of it as about three-second delay, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, why, you know, why would you be able to respond to something that you haven't even gotten yet? Basically, you're talking 1.3 seconds just to get it. 
So, right. you know, how would you be responding and having a, a return conversation? It's something I'll look into. I can't, obviously, I can't answer that. I didn't yeah, know. To be fair, it was it, the, it was the 1.3 seconds to the moon, but it's the coming back in less than a second when it should have taken at least 1.3. So it's 0.3 of a second too quick. In in many cases and in many other cases, it's uh, it's still somewhere between the 0.3 and the, uh, the, the 2.6 that it should be. Okay, yeah, I'll look into that. That's something that I've never even looked into. But again, you know, I, I would still go back to that this is one hell of a secret that we've kept. And, and that's a good point. I, that's a question that I want to answer as well. And uh, Mark, have you, uh, did you serve in the Canadian Forces at all? No, we don't do that a lot up here. Yeah, I've, I've had the, the pleasure, though, of working. I was a C-130 crew chief for seven years in the U.S. Air Force. I've actually had the pleasure of working with some Canadian air crews on, on Canadian aircraft. I always found them to be uh, you know, brave gentlemen and ladies, and I certainly salute our, our neighbors to the north. And I'm very, very proud to be American. I gave seven years of my life to the service of my country, and I, I definitely am red, white, and blue, very, very proud veteran, very, very proud American. And being in the military, I understand the idea of the compartmentalization of any type of a project. And the NASA project, and I think this is actually a great argument for my side, the NASA project was so diverse and so split up that they actually had contractors in all 50 of the United States of America. So there was such great dispersion of the NASA Apollo project that almost everybody in the US can say, well, my brother, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, my second cousin, twice removes boyfriend's girlfriend, worked for NASA, she's a good person, I know NASA's real. But when you have that great diversification and that great compartmentalization of information, there's very, very few people that would have to be quote unquote in on the secret. Some NASA managers would be in on it. The astronauts, of course, would be in on it. But all you'd really have to do is control the that uh, the signal coming back, quote unquote, from the moon, the TV signal that was broadcast. If you can control that, then all of the players and all of those layers would not know anything was wrong or not know anything was different. So that great segment, great diversification of the program and the great segmentation and compartmentalization of the information makes it very, very easy to know why nobody said anything, quote unquote, and make it very easy to know why people say, oh, I knew, I knew, I knew this person, they're a great person, so NASA is great. Now, the astronauts themselves, they would have had to know. and. I'm getting a little bit off my subject, but if you remember that press conference where the three astronauts were there, these guys had just come back from the freaking moon. They were Mick Jagger, Elvis Presley, and Michael freaking Jackson all in one. They were rock stars. They were the most famous people in the history of people. And if you look at those three guys sitting on that platform, they look like their dogs had just died. Their cats had just died. Their mom, their dad had just passed. They were, they were, they were horribly down. They were almost, they looked like they were, they looked like they were embarrassed. They looked like they were, in my opinion, that they knew that they had perpetrated a fraud. And if you ask me what happened, Grissom was this close. And I just had a guy on my show last night that was inside the, the Kennedy 
assassination, and he proved to me that Lyndon Johnson was in on the Kennedy assassination, the CIA was in on the Kennedy assassination, um, the, uh, the Secret Service was in on the Kennedy assassination. So I don't have any problem thinking that conspiracies can happen. But I think they took out those three astronauts because Grissom was about to blow the whistle, say, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I agree, it's I'm kind of Mark Twain said two people can keep a secret if one of them's dead. But there's another way that two, three, ten, a hundred people can keep a secret. And if you're in a certain secret society that is pledged to secrecy on pain of death, which all of the astronauts were, then it's a whole different story about how a secret can be kept. Right, right. And I, I just need to clear one thing up here that I said. So when I said that in Canada, we don't do that, I didn't really get to finish. We're not, um, we're not drafted into right. our, uh, okay, so what it is, is up in Canada, if there's something going on, and you happen to be of age, um, you sign up, you go, you train. And obviously, our armed forces are uh, a lot smaller percentage wise than what you do uh, per capita down in the States. So just not a lot. I actually know of no one that has ever served in our Canadian. Well, that just means that you're smart in Canada because you have us protecting you and we do it for free. Yeah, you do. There, there's no doubt about that. The States is our, our good friend to the South. Although President all. Trump might have a have a discussion with Mr. Trudeau about that in the near future. He's something. So yeah, you, you brought up a, a lot of stuff there. So I don't know. Um, I go for a car trip uh, for six hours, get out of the car. To tell you the truth, I'm not too jacked up and ready to go out dancing and uh, running around on the street either. I don't know how these guys would feel after, and especially the size of that capsule. I, and I'm surprised you haven't brought that up because I know that many people have said that their, um, their suits wouldn't even fit inside of the lander. But that was a very, very tight um, uh, flight, no doubt about it, really tight. Like, uh, I don't know how these people didn't, uh, you know, basically go crazy from, you know, being claustrophobic for, for the situation that they were put into. But that but was days, it, even weeks later, Mark. It wasn't like they, they got out of the water, dried off, and went to the press Yeah, conference. but, but I, I, I think, honestly, that is the type of, of person that you need to do something like that. Like, think about their chances of not succeeding. And this plays to your side. Their chances of succeeding this this program were, were horrendously stacked against them. Um, at the point that they went to land that lander, they hadn't had a successful landing on Earth. Um, but they were convinced that they were going to be able to do it when they weren't dealing with an atmosphere. And it looks like they did. If they went to the moon, they pulled it off. They, you know, he got that thing down onto uh, the, the moon and he didn't crash the lander, obviously. Um, taking off and getting back up and uh, rejoining. Like these things, there were so many things. Of course, that you know that on Earth, they were never able to successfully land it, right? They crashed yeah, it every single time. They, they never had a successful flight in that. Every time it was aborted. And the, I, I don't know if it crashed more than once. I know that everybody has seen the... Uh, the time that he lost control of it once there and it crashed but you have know. confidence that they took it to the moon and did it on the moon when they couldn't do it here well i do think it would be easier to do it in one sixth earth earth's gravity i i think that it would be a substantially easier thing to do um you know how much easier i don't know i'm not a uh, aerospace engineer but you know just looking at it numbers thinking it through you know one sixth uh uh, gravity, no atmosphere, no wind. Um, you're dealing with much, much smaller amounts of propulsion to 
no humidity either right on the moon yeah you got no yeah you got so many things um kind of going for you on the moon except you have no backup you're all on your own and you get one chance and and i will admit it's you know back in the day there was a time that i thought to myself how did we go to the moon and for me that i kept coming back to was where did all that battery power come from because at the time um so we're going back about 10 years now I uh, I was living off grid, a, you know, nice house, a big mm-hmm. 2,800 square foot house, but it was out in the middle of nowhere because I do the line thing and I decided ah, I'm not going to bring in power. I'm going to run off of windmills and solar and batteries. And I did it. And the rate that you go through power, you can put 50 deep cell batteries in your basement. And if you don't get wind or solar, you're going to be running a generator within eight hours. Yeah. So, you know, that was the thing that really, and that's, you know, we're going back 10 years here and, you know, obviously battery tech, technology is a lot better now um, than what it was in, uh, you know, what well, those batteries back for that, they would have been designing them in what, 64, 65, 66 back then. So that was the the thing that really got me. Everything else that you were, you've been bringing up, um, I dismissed. I, I found ways to convince myself that it's possible, that it's not a deal breaker. Do I admit that there's a lot of these deal breaking moments that had to go perfect? Absolutely, but it didn't go perfect. Like we said, we had one that, uh, you know, God only knows why they were running 100% oxygen in the, in the capsules. I have no idea what they were thinking there. Um, you know, that thing burnt up. Uh, I don't know how they expected it not to burn up. Um, they did have failures. Um, yeah you know for me it was you know and even the computer part of it the more i got to know computers yeah for what it was doing you know we had calculators back there that could do a little bit of number crunching but it was always for me the batteries where did the power come from they basically went to the moon on a commodore 64 right yeah basically yeah i don't even think it was as powerful as that but it was very compartmentalized so everything that it had to do that's all it had to do it's not like, you know, it's in the background, it's running tech, Tetris like our computers today. You know, if you were to strip down a lot of the crap that's in our computers, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff running there. So the computer part of it never really got me uh, uh, too worked up. I was able to dismiss most of the things that we're talking about tonight as just being a string of very good luck that we got through a lot of these things and some very talented men let's not forget you know if we did go i think we were both agree mm-hmm. there were some pretty talented people there and if we didn't go they were very talented because they were able to pull off a great hoax let me touch on one thing before i forget that you mentioned and i'll go ahead and share again if i can james you talked about the atmosphere um of the moon and you're right, and you correctly quoted, you know, the gravity uh, part of it. And um, you correctly quoted that there's no um, humidity on the Earth, on the moon, which brings up a really big problem because as we see all of these pictures, we have the astronauts, the equipment, even the cameras covered with dust. And we know from just, again, not opinion on the Earth, dust only clings to things due to humidity and there's no atmosphere there's no humidity on the moon and yet we see dust sticking everywhere in nasa footage all over the suits the equipment the rover tires are covered with dust even looking like mud on the tires uh some of the debunkers have said that's electrostatic but nasa themselves has said that only electrostatic effect could only happen in the dark 
daylight causes electrostatic charges to dissipate immediately, according to NASA. So how in the heck can you get dust sticking on things? And how in the heck can you get these type of footprints? Without humidity, these type of footprints are impossible. The sand has to be wet or damp to retain that shape. Debunkers say the lunar sand was sharper. Mythbusters tried this. They did not duplicate the extremely solid bars of lunar footprints, which look like clay models. And Mythbusters actually proved that you've got to have humidity to make those footprints, and you've got to have humidity to make dirt stick to the astronauts. And as the rover was going, it was throwing up rooster tails of dust. If there's no atmosphere, you don't have rooster tails of dust. These things aren't opinion. These are facts and these are problems. Well, okay. We'll go with the electrostatic. I don't know why it would dissipate. What are you saying? It dissipates in light or it dissipates? Well, I'm not saying it. NASA has stated that daylight causes electrostatic charges to dissipate immediately, which means that the dirt, the sand would not stick to the astronauts or their equipment. Well, we know that's just wrong. We, we know that's not a correct statement. Whether NASA says it or not, we would have to find that statement because we can see on Earth that, yes, things electrostatically cling. Um, you can take a piece but of But the plastic, Earth has humidity in the atmosphere. That's the problem. There's no humidity on the moon Why to make humidity? the dirt stink. Why would you need humidity to make electrostatic things cling to each other? Want a quick unlike uh, unlike uh, charges, always a fact. Why wouldn't it? Where Where's the theory? Where Where's that? James is trying to get something in we'll, here. We'll definitely kick it back to you guys, oh, but just want to let James. you know, maybe in about five, maybe ten minutes or so, something like that, we'll go into the Q&A. So, okay. just so can we know. maybe break – I have a lot of things I wanted to bring out. Can we maybe break that ten minutes up, five minutes each, so I can run through some slides real, quick, real quickly and get out some of my main points? Uh, let's see. I think we'd probably need a little bit more time if you had like new arguments that you were going to bring in, which we could do. I've got time. Well, they all they all relate to the atmosphere. Like, you know, we all talk about the flag waving. All know the astronauts touched it. But there's at least three situations for the flag moves where the flag moves without being touched. And there's six times where the flag is left completely alone for 15 minutes, both the astronauts in the limb and the thing still moves. Professional photographers have said there's no way that you could take any pictures on the moon because the film would not survive the trip there and back. There's many uh, pictures on the moon that show that they're not on the moon because there's hot spots that are clearly by artificial lighting. And I ask you how they get, uh, how they have show the astronaut in a shade when in the moon they would be total shade. It's obviously a light. And you have the famous picture of the of him coming down off of the you know the limb to walk for the first time on the Earth. Who took that picture if he's the first man on the moon? And who took the picture of the limb lifting off and panned up? Did they leave Bruce Willis on the moon to take that picture? These are not opinions. These are fact, and these are questions that have to be answered. Just like the astronauts said, they never saw stars. The Gemini astronauts, the shuttle astronauts, all rave about the stars. All of the NASA astronauts quit within a year after getting back from the moon. And I'll stop there. It's a lot of statements and it's like anything. Nobody has time right now to fact check this. So if you want to, I can go back and listen to this and I'd like to go check out all of these things. And there are, there's four videos on my channel, the Christian whistleblower you know, channel that go through this in detail. That's 
that's fine. But I think what you'll find is with a lot of things I've agreed with you, I still for myself say that we didn't have the battery technology to do what they did. And I don't know where they got the power from for, for the batteries, but yeah, they weren't there. They didn't need it. That's not to say that I'm right. It's just something that I don't understand how they did. Because in, in right. my opinion, back then, we did not have the batteries. Um, in I, I say you're completely mistaken when it comes to electrostatic. Just, you know, opposite, oppositely charged particles are going to, to cling to each other, whether you've got humidity or not. I'm not sure what we need humidity for. I'm going to check. funny I got it. NASA on my side on that one, but that's right. okay. I'm just, this is off the top of my head because yeah, you've got I understand. Of looking up the argument and then mm -hmm. me trying to come up with a report. And I don't think um, either one of us is trying to convince anybody of anything. We're just trying to put information out and let people make right, their own decisions. Right. Now, as far as, as a wheel throwing up a rooster tail, why would it not? You've got a tread that's basically a scoop. As it comes out the back, it's going to shoot it up. How high would we expect it to shoot it up? Really depends. You know, like I was saying, we got one sixth uh, of of the uh of gravity but we also have no atmosphere slowing it down so i would expect it to go a little bit higher than even what we would expect because we just don't have that drag right and the same with return we've got no um atmospheric drag going up we got none going down so I'm you sure certainly wouldn't see a rooster really... tail like on earth why wouldn't you though because there's no gravity and there's no atmosphere there's no resistance whatsoever it should just go and go and go and go and go well, it can't. It's still got gravity, so it's still going to have a trajectory. It has to have a trajectory still. Um, that is what gravity is. Gravity is is what always determines the trajectory of, of a bullet or anything. Well, we would expect it to be at least six times what we see on the moon, in my opinion. If we're talking we would about expect a, it to be more. We would expect it'd be it to be much higher and much longer right. than what we see. Right. We would expect it to be more because we don't have any atmosphere to, to right. slow it down and to slow those particles. Now, is that what we see or are you saying we don't see that? What we don't see that. That's what I'm saying. By how much do you think we're out? I think we're probably it should be at least 500 percent larger. 500 with. with and the there's a lot, you know, and it's funny. I did this nine months ago and I was able to find all these schematics online, but they're gone now. And. I, I don't think you could get two astronauts in full gear in that limb, like you said, and I certainly don't think that damn lunar rover could get in that limb, but we'll leave that well, as it is. I will agree with you on this point. You sure as hell wouldn't get me in it, especially <laughs> out, out in space. That is not something I would ever sign up for. I don't think I would get in it on Earth, from what I understand, and I would love to go see it one day. Um, it's very tight and it's I did incredibly watch tiny and I've been in the back seat of an f-15 and that was roomy compared to yeah. what you see in that right. limb right so so again a lot of it is um, you making claims they seem to be well backed you, you've you've done your job you know and I, I've watched a lot of these conspiracy moon landing um, shows and you know you don't have to call it a conspiracy but um, yeah. uh, it is what uh, it is information for information against um i know at the end of the mythbuster show they did determine that it was it was all possible again i would have to go back and see if they did it in a vacuum uh did they do it with zero uh well we wouldn't expect zero humidity we could have some humidity in the soils down in the, but not not at a depth that you would expect a boot to go in 
I yeah, think you'll I see it. They replicated it. it, but it immediately fell apart. It was very, very um, delicate. It wasn't anywhere near what was what was yeah. uh, we saw on the moon. Yeah, back of the envelope thinking. You know, I don't think you'd have a whole lot of humidity in any space dust that's on on the moon. Obviously, that's we shouldn't have any, right? Yeah, I, I would think you're you're correct there. I, I really, I, I think we can disagree, and I, I haven't been watching the live chat at all, but I, I think Me either. that, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with electrostatic uh, clinging, so so there's that. The flag, I watched that until I was, you know, bored to death watching the flag move back and forth. Um, like I said, I, I was able to put everything that was out and about um, in the moon not landing um, idea away in my head. Mm -hmm. um back six seven years ago so there's there's probably a lot of new stuff that i just haven't had the time to look into but again you know i still haven't been able to put the batteries away yet mm -hmm. i you know that's where i would come over to your side and say i don't know how we did it but i'm assuming we did and if we didn't we kept one good secret and I really do believe that if we didn't go, I don't know how they held this secret. And then just yeah. to finish it up before we, you know, start taking questions, am I wrong? I, I seem to remember um, about four or five years ago, this is again off the top of my head, did, did the Japanese not fly over and take a picture and seen the lander, seen the lem sitting, like didn't they see all this stuff and the rover and all that crap? Well, they saw some stuff. And again, if stuff is up there, it's no proof that it was taken up there in a manned mission. But am I wrong? Did they not say that it was in the right location to the stuff? They am said that, and, and, and yeah. I would answer to that. I would counter that with this, and it seems like a slam dunk, but Google was sponsoring a big contest, I think a million-dollar prize, for all of these nerds that are smarter than all of us put together to make something to send it to the moon and go find the lunar sites and take pictures of them. NASA says, oh, no, 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 you're not going to do that. NASA put the kibosh on it, and now you're not even allowed to go near the lunar landing sites. That smells very, very foul to me. But one thing I am very happy about and uh, is the opportunity to be here, and I'm very appreciative of the scholarly and gentlemanly discourse here tonight. Thank you very much. And the only thing that I would add to your last statement, let me add just one thing there, James. You got it. <laughs> the only thing that I would add to that is that um, as, as far as I knew, um, NASA, are they not really pushing for privatization of the space programs? Like, I didn't know that they were trying to keep people off the moon. I, I, have, not, I have not heard this. Well, like Antarctica a, now, you can't go to those sites. NASA has um, quadrant them off. Okay, no, fair. I, I don't know why they would quadrant off the moon. I, I don't know how to yeah, get there, and weird. I don't know if anyone else does, and I don't know how, this, how the, the state is going to control what people worldwide are allowed to do or well, not. Well, now we can't even go outside without a mask on, Mark. Come on. Well, okay. We, yeah, you want to here we go, on. right? I have a feeling these questions are going to be a lot harder for me than you, but here we go. Next. Okay, uh, James, take it away. <laughs> and want to say thanks so much, everybody, for your questions. Also, if you have not seen it yet, I have posted basically a Google Doc that is open to your dream debate ideas, things that you would like to see on the channel. So, for example, Matt Dillahunty versus Inspiring Philosophy 
on the resurrection would be a fun one. There are others on there. And so we can't guarantee that we'll get every topic, but we do want to try to get the ones where like, Hey, that I bet that will really resonate with the audience. And so feel free to share there. We're already, we've already taken two of the ideas from that to try to set them up. And so I want to say thanks so much for contributing to that. And we really do want you as the audience, kind of members of the channel to be able to have your hand on the steering wheel in terms of where the channel goes. So that feedback really helps us and we'll do our best in terms of getting debates from that. Also, uh, yeah, thanks so much, by the way, as a quick side note, We've had a lot of people, Jeff's actually an example, is that we've had a lot of people who have been going out and talking to like their favorite creator on YouTube and saying like, hey, uh, I know you're passionate about this topic. You seem open to debate. Would you want to go on this you know, kind of corny channel, modern day debate? And they've actually helped us make connections in that way, and that helps a it's ton. Awesome. So we really mm -hmm. do appreciate that. And, and Mark, with your great work there with the cats, would you be really upset if – People wanted to help support your work for feeding and care of those cats. Oh, no, it's it's always helpful. Uh, my wife and I make this our lives. And with COVID hitting, we've had no movie work in the last, uh, what's it been now, seven, eight months. So, you know, it's not to say that I'm not working, but we're out doing what we can. And uh, we ended up having to move with our cats just to keep everything going. And uh, right now we're living in a trailer. Not to say we don't still own our home, but, you know, for what we had to do for our cats, where we had to move them to. Um, we ended up living in a uh, in a in a beautiful trailer park. Don't get me wrong; we're we're not living bad here. We're really enjoying ourselves and uh, kind of having a a nice long vacation with our little kitties up here. Excellent, that's really cool. And folks, yeah, I honestly, Mark's channel. I'm like really picky about YouTube, so I usually only watch like clips from superhero movies. But Mark's <laughs> channel, I honestly, it was when I discovered it, I was like, it was hard to stop watching. It is so cool. And so uh, it definitely do. It has been a while since I've seen a new video, but do you guys, I'm kind of curious, is it okay if I ask you, Mark, do, do you guys plan on, since I know that you had said since COVID, you haven't gotten to, you guys plan on doing another video or do you guys maybe just kind of, you got other projects you're currently uh, working on? Summer's extremely busy for us. And that's why you haven't heard, you know, of me for any debates, anything like that. It's just our summers are so crazy. And then we look forward to winter. Winter slows down for us. And when I say we haven't been able to do videos, what I mean is movies. We do a lot of movie work with our cats, with Disney, you know, uh, um, IMAX, those types of shows. That's what our cats are used for. Yeah. So that's a. Uh, you know, IMAX had to use great big reflectors to duplicate the NASA moon footage, by the way. That's funny. That is okay. And there's cat videos, but there's cat videos, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Now, the funny thing that, that I need to say before we go into question and answers, Tammy said to me, she goes, uh, Mark, are you interested in debating a guy about the moon landing? Um, did it happen? And I said, Tammy, what side am I going to be on? Because that that is honestly the, the truth of it. Neither of us can say either way, did we do it for sure? All we can say is that in our mind, we have been able to satisfy ourselves to one degree or another. Obviously, I do have questions towards this. And I, I think I've been very honest with those mm -hmm. questions tonight by not just firing back, oh, well, that's stupid, because it's not stupid. It, they're, they're all legitimate questions um, that need to be answered. Now, Agreed. if anyone... If anyone out there expected me to just start reeling off answers, that, that's impossible. I need to now go back and really look at some of these things that you've shown tonight 
um, on a computer so I can actually see them and uh, start looking into them and start, you know, and again, it, it's, it's with nothing more than a skeptical mind that I will be able to go and look at them with the amount of education that I have, the limited amount of education that I have. And then I'm going to have to decide, do those new facts that I'm being showed pile for me on the yes, we went or no, we didn't go because I don't think there's anyone out there that can say 100% either way. And that's, you know, just kind of a disclaimer at the end of this video is that, um, you know, I could have taken either side on this and probably made a decent argument for it. But um, in all honesty, I believe we went. I really did, you know, debate the side that I truly do believe in that we did, that we did go. And, and I'm proud that we went as, as human beings. I think it's one of our, our most incredible um, accomplishments. And all I can say is I really do hope that we went and it, I would be very disappointed to find out, um, you know, I, I would feel very let down to find out that I've been scammed um, if we didn't go. So that's something I, you know, if we do find it out, I'm not looking forward to that day. I will feel like a fool because I, I've been very proud of what we've done. Well said. You got it. Thank you very much. And with that, folks, we'll jump into the questions. Appreciate all of them. Let's see, we're going to get through as many as we can, starting with, this one comes in from Oflamio, says, by the way, if I sound like I have sass during the Q&A, I do it to both sides equally, but I usually, this is, you can guess if there's anybody on the news who I like try to sound like, you can let me know, but anyway, you, so this is to Jeff, they say, you can't edit video on a 1960s computer. Jeff, is this true? I don't know. Gotcha. And stupid whore energy has returned. Glad to see you. She says, okay, I rewatched the video. It looks more like a piece of ice. Well, that's what some people say. I've, I've had, again, I've got a guy who's a, a TV producer. I've been able to super get into it. We've been able to break it down, isolate it. For me, it's a damn mouse, but of course these these arguments don't uh, don't stand a rest on a mouse. And we're not in 1960 anymore, and we can certainly edit video from 1960 with all of our technology today. Gotcha. And this one comes in from Area 85 Restorations. Thanks for your question. Said, I work as an engineer at a rocket launch and test site. If space travel is fake, then how am I being quote unquote fooled? Or am I part of the conspiracy as well? Well, that would be a good question. And again, like I said, there are many people throughout the uh, dispersion of the space industry, the rocket industry, that are paid to do their job. And that includes engineers. I'm sure he has a very specific job to do. And he, I, I'm assuming that he's a very, very uh, competent individual. He knows all about his job, but he doesn't know a damn thing with all due respect about the lady's job two doors down and we all see the big rockets that get rolled out and i'm not saying that they don't create those but that doesn't mean that those are the ones that are being shot up and if he's an engineer maybe he can explain to me why a saturn V rocket bounces on the launch pad why a space shuttle bounces on bounces on the launch pad as if it were a balloon you can i just jump in there just quickly what do you sure. mean by bouncing i heard you say that earlier i mean bouncing mean literally bouncing 
as it's taking off? While it's rev, while the engines are revving up, it's bouncing, 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 bouncing. And if you okay, get something well, that heavy up. going up and it comes back down, it ain't going back up again. Well, it it depends. Like, do I do you know what kind of rocket engines we're talking about here? Like, what what are these? Are they are they a solid rocket engine? Are we talking about something that they're throttling up with valves? Are they increasing? Maybe the the gentleman that just uh, asked the question could explain that. Like, how even like are to. these valves? You know, how how evenly do these valves allow those rockets to come up to to because obviously they're not just igniting them at a hundred percent thrust. We we know that. So they are throttling these things up in some manner. I I am not a rocket. Uh, uh, you know, what do they call them? Rocket scientists. I, that's not what I am. But I can imagine how this would be done. And at a certain point, you're going to get to a thrust weight ratio that is going to get very close. And I would expect, honestly, depending on how fast they blow through that, um, that equilibrium, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I, I wouldn't expect a six foot up and down bounce, but I would probably expect it to get very light for split seconds, are you talking this goes on for seconds or is it just like a quick little shutter and it's gone? Like No, we're talking that it goes on for five, six, seven seconds. Gotcha. Yeah, I've never seen that because usually once yeah. they have ignition, these things are up and gone. So I'm kind of hoping that that gentleman comes back. And then because I didn't answer any of the earlier questions, I understand what you're saying, but I am not um a, a person that would be qualified to do any of the engineering on on you know the, the aircraft that we're talking about but i am still smart enough in in what i do that if i was to walk by this thing and knock on it and it was a chunk of of balloon i would know enough to say or a thin piece of aluminum just let me say i would mm -hmm. know enough to say that this thing is not going to be getting up to you know to 20,000 miles an hour or whatever speed it's going to be still in some pretty thick atmosphere it's going to have to be a pretty hardy rocket so I'm guessing that a lot of people including the guy that pushes the broom at night does kind of walk by and knock on the tin can and go oh wow this is this is a little you know what I'm saying um, and again yeah. there are show rockets for lack of a better term that they have and again all I can do is respond to what I see, what I observe, and it doesn't add up to me uh, empirically to watch him bounce like that. Gotcha. Right. And right, I hope he, I hope he answered. Sure. I hope he, I hope he, uh, he responds to that because that's good insight. That's just something I'd really like to know, and it, it, it good enough that I'm going to look it up to find out how they, they. Uh, they spool these things up and how fast they do go yeah. through that transition. If you want to of, see the bouncing videos, it's on a channel called um, D-I-R-T-H, Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. has some great work on the, uh, the bouncing rockets. Okay. You got it. And thanks so much for your question as okay. well. Excellent. This one comes in from Stupid Whore Energy Strikes Again, saying gaps are edited out in NASA presentations. But if you look at the time-stamped transcripts, you can verify the 2.5-second round-trip delay. False. Absolutely wrong. I've seen it. I don't have time to show you all of the videos, all of the slides, but there is m at least 25 times where it's significantly shorter 
than the round trip could possibly be. That's just wrong. How do you like them apples, stupid whore energy? Okay, next. <laughs> you like apples? So next up, Caleb, thanks for your question, says, why no moon landings in the last 50 years? I don't know What's if this is the purpose? Mark or... Yeah, what are we going back for? We've been there. Um, there's not a lot to do. Everything that we want to do um, right now has a lot of it has been based around weightlessness. Um, a lot of our electronics programs, a lot of our um, uh, biology experiments are working towards something that we haven't been able to do. We've made all of our progress as human beings um, as far as heavy technological advancements have been done in Earth's atmosphere. So right now, we are still, um, you know, midstream, if, if you want to put a timestamp on it, of right now working in, um, in weightlessness of space. Um, and we're making huge discoveries up there, the things that, uh, that they're pulling together on the International Space Center, you know, providing we have an International Space uh, Station. With all due respect to Mark, and I, I appreciate what you're saying, NASA actually tells us why we haven't been back in 50 years. Because son of a gun, even though it was the most remarkable technological achievement in the history of humanity, they somehow managed to lose all of the data that tells them how to do it. And not only that, they lost all of the original film work and things from being on the moon. And, you know, by the way, not only did they lose all the video, but they lost information that would give us the exact telemetry and the exact location of that limb from start to finish. It's amazing. It's the most, and, and Rocketdyne said they didn't have the, they didn't have the room to keep it. It took up too much space. It's the most it, biggest thing that's ever happened in humanity. And it gets, taped over like last week's episode of supernatural and now we don't know what the hell happened to sam and dean come on man yeah but there's there's not one thing in the original space program that we would reuse there wouldn't even be a switch they said they use. couldn't go back because they don't have the information to go back that's what no, nasa no, said no we we would not yes. use we we wouldn't reuse the space shuttle from the 80s let alone a, a spacecraft from 19. Mark, you really believe these guys when they tell you we lost it? Oh, oops, we lost it. Oops, well, we I don't copied know what over they it. Lost, but they wouldn't want it. That is not a valid idea. That is like trying to say. You don't that, think the that, Smithsonian would want that? I'm sure they have quite a bit of it. Do they not have the the lem? Do they not have wow. some of it? This is the first time there? I really question you, Mark. Is that? You're saying it's okay to lose all this stuff, but that's neither here nor well, there. Well, what's what's losing though? Okay, for example, I look. I I've lost things. I uh, I got the, I got no. a, the first pair of sunglasses I ever bought that are really really fancy because I started making a lot of money. I've had them for ten years. Okay, listen. But to somehow me. they lost the damn all of the original shit for going to the moon and back. Come on, man. Okay. I call so bullshit on that. At the very beginning, I had mentioned that we made the Avro Arrow that I hope everybody watching this that hasn't heard of it looks up the program on it. We have none of it. It was all destroyed by the government. And I know for a fact that airplane flew because my dad and I had an uncle that seen it fly. Everything is gone. That's not a word of a lie. I There's knew somebody that did it, so I know back. it was real. That's how NASA yeah. perpetuates the hoax. But we wouldn't reuse any of that junk, even the aluminum that would be on that original. No, I'm talking about the data, Mark, the data. We don't need it. All, we don't unless need we it. wanted to know right where that limb was from start to finish, then we could use it. 
no, we don't need it. We have computers. We now do need do. it because it was in a Hollywood basement. It wasn't right. on the moon. Let's let's no, hear, let's hear from uh, Mark. The yeah, we, we just don't need it. It's it's old technology. The mathematics. No, I'm use. talking about the telemetry data. Where were they and when were they there? That's what we need. Why do we need it? So we can know where they were and when. Were they in a Hollywood basement or were they on the moon? Well, they're claiming they were on the moon. They're not going to give you coordinates for a Hollywood basement. But or, if they give us the data, we can look at it ourselves to make our own determinations. What data are you looking for? I'm looking for the telemetry data of where they were and when they were. They have basically taken away our ability to confirm or deny empirically whether the missions happened based on their data. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that when uh, Apollo, Apollo 13, you know about Apollo 13 running into trouble, the mathematics to get that thing home were actually done in Canada. They, they made a whole movie about it. And somehow they left out all the engineers in Canada that did the math to help them bring that thing home. This stuff is still out there. What I find you're it curious that they threw it away and copied over it. Yeah, but what did they throw away? I don't under, you're saying the, the telemetry, what did they throw away? Mark, you they threw away everything. It's all So gone. you're telling me all the computers, those computer tapes that were spinning away, keeping track of everything, everything that gone. they were pulling it out there, gone. Gone. Very NASA unusual. NASA says they're gone. I will look. I will look that up. I will have to take your word for it at this point, but I don't believe it. Okay. We are going to go to the and next. And you won't question. believe it. And you're in, yeah. you're in a good spot. The That's next. terrible. They got rid of it all. This one comes in from Raven Zero. Thanks for your question. Somebody says, asked Mark a question. Let's see. Why no? That last one was kind of, I think, from Mark. It that, was. It was both of us. You, let's see. Raven Zero says the space modules were powered by fuel cells and conventional liquid and solid battery uh, batteries i think they mean for storage yeah that's pretty simplified uh yeah we're we're a little beyond that we, i you know what i'm getting at is he's talking about new rockets the way they're bouncing as they transition through weightlessness so as they get to the point where you've got enough thrust to uh to counter the the weight of the spacecraft that's lifting off from the launching pad so what I'm saying is how um, accurately they can transition through the throttle up process of controlling the fuel to the oxygen or whatever they're using for a oxidizer propellant is maybe where that bounce comes from. As far as the batteries go to tell me it's a solid battery, that is just so simplifying um, what I'm even talking about. I'm talking about in general battery capacity and uh, efficiency back at that in those times is what I'm getting at. I don't care if it was lead acid. I don't care if it's a gel battery. I don't care if it's lithium. I don't care. I'm just saying back then the batteries that existed, um, I have a lot of troubles trying to figure out where they were able to store that much energy to run the amount of electronics. Uh, the heating and the air conditioning alone would be just massive amounts of energy. And that is where I really have troubles with this program. And I've admitted it through this whole time. That is where I really, like think about the air conditioning, uh, heating energy that you would need. And there just wasn't the solar panels. There wasn't a way of storing this energy. And I don't know where they stored it. I just don't believe the battery technology 
was good enough that the, if that whole lem was filled with batteries, I, I wouldn't have thought there, that they would have the capacity. Obviously, I'm missing something. I think my opponent tonight will say you're missing nothing. Exactly. Um, You're right on, brother. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the new point. But, um, you know, you just work out the air conditioning um, load, the uh, the energy load that you would need just to air condition, not even talking about heating it, um, blows me away. I, I have a lot of problems with that portion of the, of the, again, this is just back of an envelope, scribbling some numbers down, yep. thinking about it, scratching my head. And, and I'm, I got to be missing something. And I, I, I hope one day someone can tell me what I'm missing. So I went looking for it. And if you search, um, you know, what batteries were used, this, that, and the other, the information that you come across is very vague. They don't really get into what was used as a power source. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where they got all that power from. Amazing. All that storage. You got it. And thanks for your question. This one comes in from jeff soul thank you so much says it's about time james gets a cartoon avatar for the channel that's funny i don't know if that would be a, uh, an appealing cartoon or not but i appreciate that and or was he referencing my picture on the thumbnail oh i see yeah that's, that's a neat idea i mean it looks good for jeff i don't know if it's my thing it might look scary <laughs> we had one before that uh phil made i mean i'll put that up sometime but uh let's see they also see, asked, that was the unindoctrinator come follow me if you want the truth and by the way folks <laughs> jeff also is his is it do i remember right that you your synonym your screen name is the christian whistleblower and by that we mean you're not a christian you're you're whistleblowing on the christian religion and is that fair to say that's exactly right. I'm, I was called, somebody went on, I was on Coast to Coast, and they said, you're the Edward Snowden of the New Testament. I said, ooh, that makes me the Christian whistleblower. So I stole it and I kept it. Provocative. And that's why we, Jeff, uh, uh, I should say, Mark, before the debate, suggested Nephilim Free versus Jeff. Do you know, Jeff, do you know who Nephilim Free is from the old days? I don't. Days? Oh. But I'm ready to, to, to take on all comers. Well, I'm kind of, yeah. So we'll definitely talk. That'd be fun. Uh, politics is another interest it sounds like you have. We've got a lot of, a lot of juicy Well, I ones. was a delegate to the Republican National Convention one year or so. Wow. Are you and Mark, I could get my MAGA hat if you'd like me to. There you go. I was going to suggest <laughs> you maybe get him Kent Hovind, but I found out that Kent Hovind just lost his half. What, what was he going for? $500 million lawsuit against the federal government. So I'm, I'm guessing oh, he's, a little, he's a little down in the dumps right now. Oh, he, lost, he didn't win it? No. Terrible. Are you surprised, James? Really? He's <laughs> got a look of surprise. I oh, don't know what happened. What? What? They didn't give him a half a billion dollars? <laughs> oh, my God. I read it earlier. I was talking That's to too one, bad. Of my, one of my buddies there, Batty. And uh, he, t I, I always send out a thing to uh, Kent Hovind's worst nightmare. He's got a, a little um, Facebook page going. So I sent it out to him. And while I was there, it's been a long time since I've been able to look into the wacky world of all these. Well, that's not Is that going. the art guy? Uh, no, that's Ken Ham. That, that's oh, okay. another. Yeah, that's another one that's out there. But Kent Hovind went to jail for tax evasion for uh, 10 years. And then he decided that he was going to sue the government, the federal government, for half a billion dollars for yeah. putting him in jail unjustly. Good luck with that. 
I almost fell out of bed. I laughed so hard. So yeah, I had to kind of compose myself to get ready for the moon landing. That's funny. <laughs> um, we will read this. This next one is Area 85. By the way, we might have, it's possible, Standing for Truth is like in talks. We might have Hovind back. And so wow. it may be a possibility that Jeff, you know, never know. Maybe someday. Hey. Area 85 Restorations it says, respond to what exactly? A bouncing Saturn V? Go watch the video on D-I-T-R-H, Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. I've got one on my uh, Christian Whistleblower YouTube. Go ahead and watch it, and then I'll, I'll answer your emails and even talk to you on the phone if you want. You got it. And thanks so much. This question coming from Area 85 Restorations again says, I work at the launch site, meaning I've seen rocket launches and landings. How am I being fooled when I've gone up to the rockets immediately after landing and they are not balloons? Well, we'll have to have a talk, and that would require me to trust and believe him. I don't even know him, so open, open to talking, no doubt about it. And again, all I'm doing is responding to what I can observe. If I can observe different data than what I've been able to observe, then if necessary, I would uh, change my conclusions uh, proportionately. Gotcha. And thanks so much. Appreciate your question. This one's coming in from, you guessed it, Area 85 Restoration says. I hope he's paying super chats. (laughs) They are. We appreciate the support. We are excited. We have like huge plans for the future, folks. I'm like, I am dreaming right now of future, like big steps for modern day debate. We are really excited. 2021 especially is going to be epic. And we might even be able to start doing it in 2020. We've got some big plans. Seriously. We're shooting for the stars. It's going to be tremendous. But anyway, um, your super chats do help that. And so one of them involves a trip to back down to a live debate in Austin, Texas. I'll, you know, I'm not nice. going to tell you anymore. But anyway, Area 5 Restoration says, They haven't destroyed the tech we went to the moon with. There is a fully intact Saturn V in Houston. There is also a YouTube channel that has restored a fully functional Apollo computer. We're not talking about the tech. We're talking about all of the data. Gotcha. That's what I'm talking about. The data, not so the you're tech. Talking about, the you're data. talking about the computer tapes that are show that are that are all the math, basically. Yeah, the exactly. Computer. All the all the math. All of okay. all of the all of the computer tapes and data. That's what we're talking about. And the original uh films and whatnot as well gotcha and also thanks for your no just just one sec i i watched a show about 10 years ago where they were talking about how they were digging through the um archives that uh nasa had handed over a whole pile of films and that was where they found that one uh film that they showed them moving a picture of the uh of the earth into am, am i not correct were they not original films that they said that they had acquired from uh from nasa you'd have to send me that link i you know I, I can't respond to it without seeing what you're talking about yeah what they're what they're essentially saying is that it was and that uh, was 10 years ago too right you said yeah it was at least 10 years i will okay. admit that but that's the one where they showed um where that they put a crescent um 
uh, cut out into the uh, in, into one of the viewing windows to try to make it look like the earth was um, further away than it is. But they had claimed yeah, I'm familiar that with that. Was, yeah, they claimed that that was from original um, NASA released video. So you know that that's just what I'm getting at is it's just a little contradictory to, to what you're saying right now that it's all been destroyed so something that we'll all definitely have to look into where this information is coming from yep fair enough this next one comes in from raven zero thanks for your question says the main reason we lost the tech is because most of the parts and engineering were handmade those folks are no longer here or they retire my 2000 car has four Pisto 180 HP, an old car from 50 years ago, four pistons, barely 80, I see it, barely 80 horsepower. Cool story, bro. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the tech. We're talking about the math. We're talking about the tapes. We're not talking about hardware. We're talking about software and data. Maybe that'll make it easier for you to understand. And, and, and I agree with what my opponent's saying. The thing that I don't agree with what he's saying is, um, you know, I agree that it's it's suspicious that we lost it. You would think you would you would think that it would be put away um, in in some kind of archive. But what I'm saying is none of that would be used again today. We wouldn't use any of it. it Raytheon admitted that they taped over it. Well, they may have. And they then one have. other company, um, and I, I, the name of the company excites me. Said it was. It took up too much space, so we just discarded it. Come on, man. It's like if we had the. And again, this is another, another uh, rabbit hole. But if we had the original, um, voyage logs of Columbus, we wouldn't use those again either. But would we throw them out in the trash? Yeah. Basically, what my what my opponent's saying here is that we've lost the black box we we've lost you know good the black point box. very well we, stated you know and and i understand what he's saying but um yeah we I didn't just, and it's not so much that we lost it we yeah, kind of yeah. we junked it we threw it away yeah but my point is we wouldn't use it again like when you first brought that up you said that the reason we haven't gone back is we've lost all the data yeah i was just my transitioning point. from one of your points but it's a right my, well my taken. point is we wouldn't use any of it, not even a nut. Like it, it would all be new. Like I said, even I talked about the battery technology. Mm. There's just nothing we would use. We wouldn't even reuse a switch from the original. They wouldn't, you don't think they would use the telemetry data no, no, even as a starting point? No, because I watched a show on it and everybody talked about the computing and that. Remember I mentioned that um, at one point I wondered if we had the computing power? And it actually turned out that we were several percentages off of um, of the exact um, uh, what what's the the word that I'm looking for where they expected it to go. They were constantly making corrections, constantly yeah. updating, updating. So it was nowhere near as exact as what people think it is. They were yeah. continually doing manual corrections and mathematical corrections throughout the trip. Um, and, and we have computers now that can crunch the numbers that they were doing in hours. We can do them in milliseconds. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying most of, the, of that information, um, just in the amount of satellites that we've launched and, and how close 
Um, we have like? to have our satellites just for our GPSs to work. Um, you know, they're, they're within thousandths of an inch. They really are, you know, like gravitational waves actually interfere with them. They're within thousandths of an inch. And I think I'm even way out there. I think it's way closer than that. Um, like when they do those passovers to measure um, the, the gravity um, of the earth so they can see where the different gra gravitational patches are. Um, I, I remember seeing the numbers and I couldn't believe it was millionths of an inch. You know, Mark, probably one of the things that makes it such a big deal to me is I did spend seven years as a C-130 crew chief and the crew chief is basically the captain of the plane. And I know that I've got to take the navigation charts. I've got to make sure all of that stuff is filed, is put away. You can't lose anything. And that's on a routine peacetime, mostly C-130 mission. So this is precious data. It's data that should have been preserved. And it, again, it just makes me whoa, 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 wonder as the singers say. The funny thing is you just brought up charts. We don't even use those now. We, we have it, you know, we have it all built in. Everybody now flies around with the same GPSs that, uh, yeah. you know, my brother's little uh, Piper Cherokee has, has an incredible um, system in it. No more charts. And I remember flying with my dad and my brother where we'd pull out charts, you know, we'd look it up, we'd lock onto the radio station and that's how we'd fly in. I think it was called Lorand back in the days, if I'm remembering right. But uh, all that stuff is gone now. And, and, you know, I remember my brother buying one of those pieces of equipment for thousands and thousands of dollars. And I'm pretty sure he's pulled it out of his airplane and threw it away yeah. for new technology. That Would you have tossed out um, the Spirit of St. Louis uh, Lindbergh's charts? Would you have just tossed those? I guess it depends when they're tossed, right? Because it's like anything. When we build a building okay. and we, we kind of run out of use of it, we tear it down. And then all of a sudden, in 100 years, we look back on it as being something that is very valuable. Like, really, what is the value? Or you're trying to hide something so you get rid of the shit. But you know, anyway. That, that, yeah, yeah, I guess either way. But I think at the time, it wouldn't have been considered, um, you know, that valuable. Like, think about all the prototypes. No, I challenge that. I, mean, I can't accept that. You know what I mean? But we crushed them. So, yeah, I guess hindsight's 2020, but maybe they just, I don't know. I don't know how valuable that data would have been. And it's not the military mindset to do that. But anyway, we're, we're lost on that one. I don't think we're ever going to agree on each other no, no, with each exactly. other on that. I just don't see it as, as valuable as, as you do, I think. Mm -hmm. This next question comes in from none other. Have a guess? I'm sure you remember this name, Mark. Letter rep. Stupid whore energy strikes again, <laughs> saying... Has Jeff considered a new life as a Vegas lounge singer? It sounds like she likes your voice. No, I think she's talking about my spiffy jacket. And oh. I do some stand-up comedy, so it's almost sort of like a Vegas lounge singer without the singing. But I have done comedy in Vegas, so we're close. Love it. I was thinking out with John. <laughs> nice. Very nice. We'll go to the I next have question. no response. <laughs> this is the next one. Thank this you. is my more conservative one. Believe me, I, I tried to dress down a little bit. The, let's see. Area 85 Restorations, thanks for your super chat, says, ignoring footage, what data or math has been destroyed? 
pretty much all of it is publicly available. I've read through a significant amount of it, and you can even download the original onboard software for the LLM and Capsule. Send me the link. It's not true. Gotcha. And thanks so much. Let's see. I think we've got, I saw at least one question from Ninetales. Appreciate your question. Ninetales says, can Jeff list the things he believes are beyond conjecture and debunk the evidence strongly? And then if they, they asked if Mark could add a response. I think what, what have we we'll... been doing for two hours? <laughs> Hello. Is this thing on? And so I was like, that's, that's I tried nine tails. All right. That's what you get. That, that Italian, was it that alien guy? Thanks for your question says Russia and China Italian. have taken pics of our landing site. Why would they be in on the cover up? Well, they have taken pictures of something that this, this was it alien or Italian. The Italian alien says that is the <laughs> landing site. What they've taken pictures of is some stuff on the moon that does not prove that the stuff went there in a manned moon mission. Gotcha. And let's see. I think that might be all the questions that I have. If I missed any, wow. forgive me, folks. But it is absolutely true. Jeff has gotten way more questions. So if you have one for Mark, we can usher it to the front of the line just to get him a little bit more Q&A action. Do want to say as well that since we might have kind of like restored the bridge and we might have kent hoven on in the future is this maybe the opportunity i know mark you said you maybe were considering going to dinosaur adventure land i think you said you and tammy were gonna have your like a a vacation there and maybe kind of join in and would you be up for a debate live at dinosaur adventure land mark given your you know you have a past history with kent hoven Yeah, I'd really have to think that through. I don't know if I'd call it so much a vacation as a, um, yeah, that, that's not in school. I, 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 don't, I never try to pick on people that are here, too. I, I would consider anything, but we need to first have a debate on what you guys are doing down there with your, with your coronavirus, because I can't even get across your border. Um, up here in Canada and most countries, and I don't even know if Americans realize it or not, we're all back. Our lives are normal. We're all sitting around campfires tonight. My wife's outside right now. Our restaurants are open. Our malls are open. You can go out, you can buy a car. There's really nothing you can't do here as long as you put on a mask and go out and do it. We are fully open. And uh, you guys down there, you're, you're, it's terrible. you got to put your masks on, man, and just give it that that six weeks that we did we shut down tighter than than you can imagine for six weeks we're back up and running our schools are opening everything you wouldn't even know we have a coronavirus here except we can't get across the border i can't get anything shipped from across the border and being a canadian we we rely on on canada quite heavily and tammy and i we live half of our days you know down in the states half my family is is american my grandfather was from syracuse and my parents lived down in uh lansdale pennsylvania so you know as a true lover of the united states as a canadian who considers myself partial um you know definitely ties to the united states please guys get it together so that we can come down and see our good friends south of the border and yeah. uh 
you know, get together Mark. with you because this Mark. is just never going to end if we don't get going on it. Yeah, come on, It'll be guys. over November 4th, Mark. Like, get with it. Mark wants to go to Dinosaur Adventureland. Seriously. Yeah, yeah I, I would go down and I'd have a talk with Ken and see what he's up to because I'm actually worried about the poor fella down there. He seems to be... Uh, I don't know what's going on down there with his mind, but uh, somebody better go down and visit them and make sure there's not a stack of Kool-Aid on the shelves. <laughs> it's probably just a fun, like, little mini Six Flags Great America. All right. I don't Next. think it's a mini anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on down there. Maybe me and my opponent here could go down together. Maybe I should have a backup. Because hey, I'm your like Huckleberry. Yeah, there you go. You're already halfway there. Where's he? He's down in um, uh, Alabama. Um, trying to think of the town. Yeah, I'm yeah, in Kansas. Yeah. We're not too far from there. Yeah, he's about sixty miles north of or uh, yeah, north of uh, Pensacola. I think. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's only got four, four or five dinosaurs there, which are all chickens. We have another question. This one from. Area 85 Restorations, thanks for your question, said, If it is not true, then why do I have it? And I think they're talking about... Uh, information. They said, what was it? The data. He has oh, the thanks. data. He That's what I thought. Thanks it. for your help. I appreciate that. And then they mm -hmm. said, also, it's also not a quote-unquote link. It's several dozen. Lastly, it is only a simple Google search away if you care to look at it. Okay, so that sounds like, no, I won't send it to you. So, cool story, brah. Send it, I'll look at it, or don't. Gotcha. Thank you. It's... Now, one thing I have heard is a lot of that stuff got archived into that huge salt mine that they have. And I'm trying to think of the state that it's in. It might be... I'm going to sound funny here if they don't have salt that came out of Nevada, but for some reason, I think it's Nevada. There's a huge salt mine, and the United States government has pretty much archived everything you can think of down there as far as technology goes. Um, look into it. It's really interesting. It's just That sounds fascinating. Massive, massive football. Well, it's where they would have extracted all the salt. Um, they ended up with these massive caverns, and they've just filled it full of old um you know stuff that they've archived and put down there old films are down there from what i understand and stuff so just look it up see what you think and i i do yeah again a lot of this stuff i pull out of you know my 52 year old brain so how accurate some of it's getting to be i don't know it's just you know you have all this information that bounces around in your head but i do remember watching a show on it and it was absolutely unbelievable the amount of stuff that they have archived down there i'll check that out and thanks for your question. This one coming in from, do we have, uh, let's see. Well, that looks like it is all we have. want to say thanks right. so much, folks. It is always a pleasure. And thanks so much, Jeff and Mark. It has been a true pleasure. People, we've gotten a ton of positive feedback. People have really enjoyed this. So thanks, guys, for being with us. Excellent. And I always um, uh, appreciate being here. I have to say I appreciate it when, the, when it's more... Um, congenial and more gentlemanly and more scholarly and uh, salute to Mark for uh, making that uh, happen. Well, go back and watch some of my other, other videos, even with people that I completely disagree with. Um, everybody has an opinion. And if you close your mind to anything, 
you will always, always be chasing the truth. You will, you will never find it. And you have brought up some stuff and I am going to go take a look at it. But um, I always also ask you to do the same with some of the points that I've brought up. Absolutely. That's the way um, I live my life. There's, you know, yeah, Thanks. there there is some stuff though that we we gotta keep going back. This this wouldn't be bouncing around this long if there wasn't um, you know, there there wasn't some serious questions to be asked about this program. And uh, for the time, it was uh, it, it would still be to do it tomorrow a hell of an accomplishment. And to think that we did it, um, you know, basically I, I know when we did it, but this is sixty four, um, sixty three, sixty four, sixty five technology that we did it with. And I guess you got to kind of just look back at the cars and the airplanes that we were flying back then. And uh, I, I think for me, um, what adds uh, skepticism to you is what just fills my heart with so much pride that we were able to do it um, with the technology that we had back then. It, it was, it, it truly is. And I think you said it, one of man's greatest accomplishments. And from the bottom of my heart, um, I, I really hope we did it, and I believe that we did. You got it's it. been a pleasure and honor to be with you. And want to say also, I have linked both of our guests in the description, folks. So if you want to hear more, click on those links where you can hear more from each of them. And last, very excited, this Monday, it'll be Atheists versus Christians as Arnon Raw and T-Jump team up to take on Cliff and Stewart, the real-life father-son duo so like they really are father and son i usually make that up but they really are so that will be really fun and so hey hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed what you've heard tonight and you want reminders of debates like it in the future keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable folks take care and have a great night
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.